Welcome to the Whole Food Vegan Podcast. Exciting vegan food, no crap, no agenda. Helping you enjoy a wonderfully varied, tasty, easy to prepare and nutritious whole food plant-based diet. Simple tip, easy recipes and helpful hints on how to get more enticing vegan meals into your diet. Usually recorded after a bottle of Merlot on a Friday night. Welcome to the Whole Food Vegan Podcast. My name is Mark. And I'm Sue. Welcome back. So this week we're going to be talking about eating on a budget and also that leads into eating seasonally. We've got a whole different range of things to talk about and uh, this is a subject, eating on a budget, that is very um, important at the moment. There's a lot of people struggling to make ends meet. That's kind of why we decided to do it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think um, <clears throat> it ties in quite neatly, quite neatly into eating seasonally because that is one way of eating uh, more on a budget. Mm. And also just to give you the heads up that this is the last one in this series and we're going to be recording a whole new series with a little break in between. So next time you hear from us, it's going to be um, the first run of a new series. So if you're interested in getting involved, let us know. Yeah, if you would like to be interviewed or you feel you have, really if you feel you have something to of value to offer the vegan, uh, anyone eating a whole food vegan diet, if you feel you've got something to add value uh, to that group of people, yeah, as Sue said, let us know. There's contact details on our website. You can email behealthy at govegan.online. So this week we've had a couple of really nice meals that we thought we'd share with you. Uh, one of those is kale and potato cakes. So really basic principle, how to make potato and kale cakes. You basically uh, blanch some kale and then run it under cold tap so that it's, um, it's, it's cold. Keeps the green in it and then we mash up a load of uh, cooked potato. Basically stir it together with a substitute for an egg. So that might be a spoonful of chai seeds or a spoonful of flax seeds in water. And I think on one occasion we had some leftover chickpeas and we mashed them I up. I did put some chickpeas in, yeah. Because that's how we like to eat is, is we follow a recipe broadly. About 50% But of the if time. we've got <laughs> other stuff going on, chuck that in as well. So yeah, uh, chickpeas, we, we threw that in. Uh, perhaps a half a teaspoon of whole grain mustard, perhaps some smoked paprika, that all went mm. in as well. I think we also got some herbs out of the garden, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. And then you basically fry it or you can put it in the oven to cook. But Maybe really, to really patties good. and then mm, fry. Mm, really nice. I really like them. The other thing we had was a roast dinner, which I think you made the main yeah, part of. Yeah. That, again, we made a barley, uh, sort of a barley groats, which is barley seeds. They're roasted barley seeds. Buckwheat. Mm. Um, we've had this before and we've we actually have. shared the recipe Really before. nice. Yeah. And it's cooked. Very, it's really simple. All chuck it in one saucepan recipe so it literally just cooks its these barley seeds and lentils some carrots the herbs and spices it all cooks up for half an hour once it's cooked and all the water's gone you put it into a roasting tin and roast it in the oven for half an hour it's really simple really nutritious really tasty and made a fabulous kind of centerpiece for a roast dinner mm. and then while you're cooking that obviously you can cook all your roast spuds yeah. and your parsnips and your beetroots or whatever you're having and it's really good the next day cold as well isn't it we've just had it for lunch we have really and nice. uh, what was i going to say oh yes the recipe is on an earlier edition so if you want the recipe for that have a look through the previous editions okay so eating on a budget why are we talking about this 
I think it's uh, I, I think the stimulus was uh, a few weeks ago there was a uh, uh, people struggling to get was it cucumbers and tomatoes in the shops no okay okay so over to eating on a budget so this is a kind of prevalent subject at the moment there's a lot of people struggling with the price of living and that's really why we wanted to cover this in a bit more detail uh, we know that we've covered some of these elements before but I think it's a useful recap at this time and obviously we're talking about whole food so bear everything we talk about here bear in mind that this is the whole food vegan podcast so we're not really looking at necessarily eating out or you know things like that this is about eating a whole food budget at home yeah a whole food vegan diet on a budget so do you want to have a little look at some of the first tips yeah the first thing really is to kind of put in what you've said it really is to avoid processed foods so very often it's all the, the processed stuff that that's what makes vegan often makes vegan expensive so these vegan hams vegan vegan cheeses vegan slices um are okay to have absolutely but they do add to a budget um it makes a whole shopping quite a bit more expensive and because the manufacturers aren't producing the volume like they are with sort of meat based products then the vegan versions are more expensive yeah, and I think veggie burgers and things have always been relatively cheap, but you can actually make them at home so much more cheaply okay, than you can. potato cakes. Exactly. But anyone can make veggie burgers just chucking in whatever they're eating in a saucepan and cooking it up and then making it into, you know, patties and frying it or basically putting it in the whizzer uh, or mashing it with a, a potato masher. You know, whatever you've got to hand really makes a veggie burger and you can make it so cheap yourself. But yeah, as you say, a lot of the kind of, Vegan meats, if you want to put it in inverted commas, are really expensive. And things like cheese, yes, you can get a wide, wide range of cheeses now that are vegan, but you can actually make it at home really easily. And we've covered this before. In the yeah, previous. we'd make a, a soft cheese out of cashew nuts and garlic mm. and lemon. Uh, mm. It's really, really tasty. Yeah. And one of the key things, again, which we have mentioned before, is about having a well stocked larder or a store cupboard. So all of the staples that you would need in an everyday vegan diet, have them in your store cupboard. So things like tins of beans, passata, herbs and spices, basic products that you know you're going to use, you know, pretty much every week. Keep a good stock of them in supply because there's nothing worse than going, oh, yeah, I'll make that. I haven't got the ingredients. And the the good thing with, with tins is that they keep. So you could uh, join a food cooperative, buy tins cheaper and keep them in the store cupboard and they keep a nice long time. Or if you wanted to, to uh, get tins even cheaper, you could buy dried beans. So rather than get, you know, mixed beans, kidney beans, black beans, haricot beans in tins, you could buy them dried mm. and then they are really cheap. The only reason I don't do that is because... I'm not very good at planning and <laughs> I think oh I want to have some beans and it's easy and convenient for a tin but if you can be a bit better with planning and remember a few hours before you've got to get the beans out and soak them then you can really get the, the, the price of, of uh, eating really low and I think also that leads on to choosing where you shop so you might not necessarily uh, intend to go looking for the cheapest deal but if you see it then it's a good time to get it now I have to put a caveat on that so let's say you go into your local shop and they've got I don't know uh, 
let's think of something random i don't know stock cubes that you normally have and the vegan ones are on offer buy two get one free or something that's great if you know they're a, a store cupboard staple that you're going to keep if you end up buying uh something that doesn't keep like i don't know well let's use crisps as an example because very many times i've gone in and my favorite vegan crisps are on offer i've brought two big packets thinking oh i'll keep one of those for next week doesn't even see the next day so you know you got to be uh, able to pick up a bargain but know whether it's a bargain or not so things like you know ready meal things I, I don't buy those kind of things and I haven't got a freezer that's the other thing if you've got a freezer you can store things but things like garlic bread that I might buy um, it's only a bargain to me if I can eat it there and then it's not going to keep in my fridge because I haven't got a freezer so yeah it's good to know that you can buy stuff on offer and also with that in mind if you've got an Asian supermarket or a really good health food sort of discount shop near you that's a really good place to shop and I think the the kind of Asian markets or if you have really good food markets near you but we're talking now about processed stuff and fundamentally what you're eating on a vegan diet if you're eating a whole food vegan diet is mainly vegetables and that's the big thing. Yeah, food cooperatives, as we said, can be quite a good way of um, bringing costs down. So I'm part of a SUMA group. So SUMA, I know the co-op sells SUMA products. You can buy them in quite a few whole food places. But SUMA allow you to join together. I think you need four households together and you have to put in a minimum order of £300 between those four. So we've got a little group of people. I think there's probably 15 of us in the group. And when we've got enough people ready to go, we all place an order and we get them at, uh, they're not quite wholesale prices, but just above wholesale prices. So we save quite a lot compared to uh, supermarket prices. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Also, um, with making a list, it's quite a good way of sticking to a budget. So if you meal plan, and again, this is getting back to being organized. If you plan your meals and you know what you're going shopping for, you know, it's so easy to get tempted when you go to the supermarket and start looking around going, oh, yeah, I could have that. And then I've got to go and get that to go with it. And then I need that as well. Or I'll buy something I wasn't planning on eating and then go, oh, yeah, but then I've got to make this to go with that. And then I've got to buy stuff. So, yeah, be aware of, uh, you know, if you're going to stick to a budget meal plan, take a shopping list with you and buy what's on the shopping list and come out. Don't wander around all the aisles going, oh, yeah, I could buy that because I do that all the time. And we also buy our veg from a local uh, supplier. Now, I recognise not everyone has um, local suppliers close to them where they can buy it straight kind of out the field, really. But we buy our veg from a, a, with a local veg box and we go and pick it up at the farm gate. So they've got no delivery costs. They've got uh, no distribution costs. No packaging costs. No, no packaging costs. So it's healthy, organic, local, seasonal, and cheaper. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. all way around. It's, it's a good thing to do. And you're support, supporting the local economy. Yeah. So also when we talk about cooking things, a really good way of saving money is not necessarily on the ingredients that you buy, but also the way you cook it. So we've mentioned a whole episode on slow cooking before. Slow cookers are fantastic. They save a lot of money. And I think you would agree with your air fryer is quite good on economy as well, isn't air it? Air fryer is good, yeah. Compared to putting the oven on. Yeah, compared to the oven, yeah. So if you are going to put the oven on and you know you've got to cook something like, I don't know, make it 
loaf of bread or something. You've made a loaf of bread and you want to cook it, you're going to have the oven on anyway. It's a really good opportunity to make baked potatoes or to make some roasties or, you know, to make a flan or a quiche or something that you can have later in the week and you've kind of cooked it all already, especially something like quiche where you can have it cold the next day or potato wedges. So make the most of having the oven on if you are going to have to use it. Just get some more value out of it by kind of filling it up. And also that leads on to batch cooking. So batch cooking, something really good to do. Just make double the amount. Just don't eat double the amount like some people we know. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, make um, perhaps a massive load of mince or vegan mince. You know, the easiest thing in the world to make vegetables. Chuck in whatever vegetables you've got into the whizzer. Just whack it on high, mince up all the vegetables that you've got, maybe chuck in a tin of beans or something like that, and just condense it down into little tiny, tiny pieces of chopped up veg. All mixed together, add a can of passata and a few herbs, just let it cook on the stove. You've got a whole massive batch of vegan mince. I've done that quite a few times, actually. I've done it in a slow cooker. Um, and that night, then I've got a, a, some mince that I can have with pasta. And then the next night, I can turn it into a chili. Mm -hmm. And then if it lasts another night, you can turn it into a lasagna. Yeah. So it's a really, yeah, yeah. it's a really good way of cooking, just to make um, to make mince with the vegetables. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about what veg what veg goes in. You just whiz yeah. it all up. Although I have to say, it's better with mushrooms. I just think mushrooms. Yeah, cook mushrooms down, do make go work bit, well. Yeah. yeah, and I don't whiz the beans. I whiz the veg up. Put the passata in in the saucepan and then put beans in after so mm, the beans okay. are whole. Okay. And if you are somebody who wants to eat TVP, we've talked about this before. So TVP is textured vo vegetable protein, which is then dried. And it does have a very mince-like consistency. It's not something I'm massively fan it's of. It's a corn mint. It's basically corn mints, isn't it? It is. That's, that's the commercial version of yeah, it. You can buy it dried. Yeah, you can. And it's very plain, which is great if you want to add flavouring to it and things, but it doesn't really do anything for me. But yes, exactly the same. You know, dried staples like that can be useful. But again, getting back to the whole food side of it, it's really things like lentils or, you know, some of the um, grains and some of the pulses. They're all really good sources of vegan nutrition, really cheap to buy and really help bulk out the food as well and the last thing I wanted to mention on that is about portion sizes so as we may have alluded to already some people in this room eat a lot more than others mm. and they will make enough for three meals and then eat it all in one setting and then complain they've got indigestion however if you're a bit more sensible you know watch your portion sizes because very often we can tend to overcook stuff and then it's so nice we eat it all just try if you can, even just it's a little bit, just keep some back to use the next day. For example, if you've got a, I don't know, like we've said before, a little bit of mince left over, you can just make that into something else the next day, like put it with pasta. Or if you've got a big pie that you've made, you don't have to cook it again the next day. You can have it cold with salad. So just be careful, you know, be aware of portion sizes. And actually, if you look at what a portion size is in a cookery book, you know, see how many people it feeds and just work that out from you know the recipe you're doing so, and I, yeah. I think the temptation and i know this is certainly one of the things i do is i think well it's only vegetables i can eat as much as i like mm -hmm. uh, but if it's only it is often vegetables but then there'll be uh, lentils and beans in it which are very high in protein and so it's high protein as well which means it's high calories mm -hmm. which means you still got to be careful about how much you eat. The temptation is to go, oh, well, it's so healthy. Yeah. I can eat as much as I like. But you can overeat on the healthy food yeah. and still end up putting on weight because you're eating too much. 
Yeah, and again, it's equivalent to everything else. You know, just be aware of what your intake is and what your outgoings as in energy are. So if you're very sedentary and you're eating lots and lots of food, it's common sense, you know, that you're going to put weight on. If you're actually quite active and you're running around after kids or you've got a big commute to work where you cycle or you do loads of exercise, obviously you can afford to eat more. But again, it's this whole thing of balance and just thinking about from a nutritional point of view. If it's a salad, yeah, eat as much as you like. If it's a bowl of rice, yeah, you can eat loads of rice. But just be aware of what you're eating and the size of the portions. That's a big money saver. Okay, and going back to um, how to eat healthily, this brings us on to eating seasonally. So why are we talking about this? Uh, we're talking about this because uh, I think it's really important to notice that as the seasons change, so now we're coming out of the winter, the cold months into the summer in the UK. So the uh, the season is changing. What we're eating is changing. And I think there was um, a few weeks ago, we had a real shortage of tomatoes and cucumbers in, in the UK. In the UK. Mm. Um, and the and this was in the middle of winter. So the question is, why why were we eating tomatoes and cucumbers in the middle of winter? Well, I'll tell you why. Because we got used to seeing it, and people expect it. So they expect food to be available all year, seasonally or otherwise. And this is why prices fluctuate on foods. When you go to the supermarket and buy the same things every week, uh, you'll notice that there's a price fluctuation. And it makes common sense that in the winter in the UK, we don't as a staple have a lot of salads and the reason for that is firstly we can't grow it unless we have massively expensive heating systems in greenhouses but secondly we don't really fancy it every night in the winter we just want stodgy more carb rich food so if you were say in Spain you would have salad all the way through the year most likely but you wouldn't be growing kohlrabi or uh, sweet potatoes necessarily because they're stodgy higher carb value foods and the diet isn't connected to their kind of atmospherics and their weather and their climate so I think people have very much got out of the habit of eating seasonally and what they're missing out on is the value that that nutrition has for you so you need those kind of heavier uh, stodgier meals in the winter and the lighter sort of more um, summery things in the summer mm. But unfortunately, people have got used to seeing it in the supermarket all year round. So I just want people to be aware of the nutritional value of eating seasonally. So you mentioned kind of this gap between winter and summer, this transition. And this time of year is the hungry gap. Yeah. So do you want to explain what the hungry gap is for anyone gently? The hungry gap is where we're coming right to the end of a lot of the seasonal vegetables. So... As I said, we 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 get from a seasonal little local farm shop, and they've got kale, and it's really noticeable that the kale is getting smaller and smaller, and rather than big, thick, juicy kale leaves that we've been having um, in the past few months, we're now sometimes we're getting like the little little flower bits at the top, the real tops of the kale. So we're coming right to the end, and there is a there is a time around this time of year what we end up with not much food around or the variety of food isn't there and that gets called the hungry gap and i think it i, I think it's really important to recognize the hungry gap 
because we're so used to going into the into the shops and just buying whatever we want whenever we want yeah when actually it's not like that there is there is a, a, a couple of months period around this time of year where the summer vegetables have not really got started yet and the winter veg is all finished and there's not a lot left and we're relying on storing food so we're relying on the storage of onions the storage of potatoes perhaps the storage of squash things that keep us going through uh, preserving pickling drying having the dried beans this is the time of year when we when we use it up waiting for the lighter summer uh, vegetables to come into season in a, in a few months time mm. yeah and again this comes back to saving money so if you want to go and buy an avocado in the middle of winter yes you can buy it but it'll be cheaper in the summer because other countries can afford to export them um, in more abundance therefore they'll be cheaper whereas if you want to buy a winter squash in the middle of July you'll probably struggle um, yeah, so absolutely as you say it's about preserving food keeping them you know, kept in an edible condition all the way through just to eke out that little bit of the gap that we're going through now with the hungry gap. This is where, you know, kale is a brilliant thing to make pesto out of. You can make kale pesto, hmm. keep it in jars, topped up with oil. You can pickle a lot of things like uh, beetroot from the summer, keep them going through the winter. Um, the courgettes from the summer, although they're all well finished now, but when they were going back in the summer, you could pickle courgettes yeah. and keep. Yeah, all sorts of things. And it's just about being a little bit more organised and a little bit of planning can actually go a really long way. And this time of year, also foraging is quite good. So you can go foraging and looking for sort of seasonal mushrooms or uh, edible wild seaweed. Wild garlic that's just oh, coming in. Well, I was just thinking about wild garlic. There's so many things you can make with wild garlic. Fantastic. And it's free. It's mm -hmm. natural free. Okay, so another thing I wanted to mention about uh, seasonal eating is you can actually grow quite a lot on a windowsill in your house. Obviously, it's like a giant greenhouse. So there's not a massive amount of varieties that will last through the uh, windowsill planting, but things like salads and microgreens and sprouts. So you had a sprouting thing, didn't you, where you used to grow sprouts in your little trays on the yeah, windowsill? yeah really nutritious like, and i'm not talking about brussels sprouts here i'm talking about sprouts oh sprouted beans yeah yeah there's yes so you can buy mung beans uh dried and then sprout them mm -hmm. and to sprout them you literally just soak them in a little bit of water i think it's for an for an, for a day soak them in water then leave them damp but you drain the water out and they sprout yeah and i had a sprouting sort of tower where you could every other day put another layer of sprouts in on the tower and basically build up a tower of sprouts and by the time you get to the top one you're basically ready to eat the bottom and that, that that's bean sprouts yeah. what we have when we have a sort of a chinese is yeah, bean yeah. sprouts they're mung beans that have been sprouted and you yep. let the little sprout get to an inch and you've got uh, mung bean sprouts alfalfa uh, seeds are really nice mm -hmm. um, so alfalfa you get very fine sprouts they're really nice in salads mm. and they're great because you can you can keep the beans in the cupboard for years and years and yeah. years and suddenly say oh you need a few days notice but perhaps a week and this time next week I want to have some sprouts chuck them in water mm. uh, let them soak overnight yeah. drain them so then they're just wet and damp keep them in the jar um, and you can uh, make your own sprouts yeah and micro salads are something that's really taken off so these are kind of miniature versions of lettuce or herbs or very young very long, young shoots that are picked 
uh, at a very very small stage and repetitively so they're perhaps planted repetitively over a period of time and harvested repetitively over a period of time you can grow those on your windowsill and you can certainly start off with some really basic lettuce seedlings or some herb seedlings really easy to grow tomatoes indoors they, they'll start off now we're actually sprouting tomatoes and chilies at yeah, the moment, got, aren't we? Yeah, got them started. Got them yeah. started. And then it also means that you're ahead of the season a little bit. As soon as you get that good weather, you can then get out in the garden and plant them. Uh, yeah, so we've been doing a lot of planting this week as well, haven't we? Mm. Mm. Okay, so that's probably all we need to see on say on seasonal eating, other than the better you can eat seasonally, the more you can eat seasonally, the better it is for you, the better it is for the planet, and the better it is for the environment generally. And give it a go. I think you will notice a change in yourself as well um, when we stop eating the wintry, heavy, stodgy food in the summer. And when we stop eating so much salad and light stuff in the winter, you'll notice a change in yourself because you're eating much more in tune with the seasons, particularly in the UK where we have very marked and distinct seasons. Mm. If you eat in tune with what's going on with the world around you, you will feel so much better. And it's connection, isn't it? It's yeah. connection to what you need and it's connection to your body and it's connection to what's going on around you in the climate and so many different things. It's, it's an added benefit for us and it just makes you feel better. Uh, so yeah, that's really important. And we wanted to do this subject now because it is the time a lot of people struggle with a vegan diet. If they're, if they're not used to eating a lot of greens or roots, it can be really difficult. And as I say, people want to get a salad box or they just can't get it at this time of year unless it's all imported. So really important point. Okay. That's so us. that's it. Um, we are now going to go quiet for a little while whilst we record season three. And as we mentioned at the beginning, if you feel you have something of value that you would like to uh, offer to the vegan community, please do reach out to us and we would love to have you on the show. Yep, and just to emphasise again that that is a whole food vegan diet that we're interested in. So we're not necessarily interested in people selling anything or talking about why they should be vegan and politics. That's not us. We're all about the food. So if you've got something really good to talk about that's whole food and vegan, let us know. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, please remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. If you'd like to be featured on the show or to send us any comments, please email behealthy at govegan.online. See you soon.